Wig, did you just say wig? Wig, okay. She's doing it. Um, hi, kids. Hi. It's I'm sorry, Lou. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> we've we've missed you. Um, I'm Artier. I'm C Pepper. And this is Wicked Out. Um, I, I was thinking about our name the other day, Caitlin, because oh, you were <laughs> because I mean the whole joke was like we don't wear wigs, but like now I almost exclusively <laughs> always wear wear wigs, wigs. you do <laughs> and drag. Don't worry, so, I will never wear wigs. Yeah. Um, Except. Which I, we should talk about before we start everything. Oh, except what? <laughs> except if we get nominated again for a Glam Award for Best All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's only like a week left to nominate. You oh, have shit. to be in New York City nightlife to do it. But please nominate us if yeah. you are in New York City nightlife. And you're, <laughs> if you're feeling generous, um, nominate me. A few other people have nominated me. But for Dora Goddess, I don't think I'm going to get it. But you know what? I didn't know if you were serious or not. I didn't put you. Oh, that's fine. I don't really care. Um, Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So if you want to nominate me for that, that'd be cool. But otherwise, I don't really, the pod, I'm more proud of the podcast than me sitting at the door (laughs) all night. Yelling at people at Metro. Yeah. um, So yeah, that's a little update with us. We, sorry, we, we We are delayed. I was on vacation. I got a really bad cold. It's usually me that has the hold up. But yeah, this time it was kind of me. Yeah, okay. which is all good. Um, we're back in the swing of things. So, yeah, we should um, be on schedule, I think. Yeah. Um, we just had a little rep- I almost said reprise, but that's not the proper word. Reprieve. But reprieve, yeah. Let let's go with that. Anyways, Caitlin, who the hell are we talking to? What are we doing? What are we <laughs> so, doing today? This is my intro to this because I was telling Shafan who our guest is right now, and Shafan was like, that's one of my favorite people. So we have Andy Sterling. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for talking to us today. I'm very excited. Annoying. I love the deep voice. (laughs) Thank you. It is everything to me. My my audible.com voice. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Book her for Audible, babies. Yes. You should do voiceover work. I want to. I really want to get into that. Um, you should talk to Ruby Ridiculous about it because she does it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I don't know Ruby Ridiculous. She's a drag queen from Texas. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, look you should definitely message her. Right after this podcast. Yeah, no, she makes a bank <laughs> doing voiceover. Oh, yeah. So sure. Definitely recommend. But yeah, yeah, um, enough about I, uh, Ruby. You <laughs> trademark myself as um, Lady Baritone. Uh, uh, you know i usually lately sing in falsetto but whatever yes <laughs> it's know, not even on um, ironic yeah it's not title. even a question on my list but like i'm obsessed with that you sing <laughs> <laughs> you're obsessed with that i sing yeah because oh. i just love drag queen sing. thank you mm-hmm. it makes me happy Appreciate i like it. hearing you sing too at least you're one of them <laughs> <laughs> most people um are like oh my god really <laughs> singing drag drag queen. Yeah. not again yeah <laughs> not me i love it i love show too <laughs> so we'll start the we'll start our first question with the question we ask everybody how was your pandemic <laughs> <laughs> what if i was like, it was excellent i made a million dollars 
We're yeah. like, yeah, ours is pretty good. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> I mean, it's been interesting. We're still in a yeah. pandemic, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that we're all like, it's, it's really um, a weird year because it feels like everyone is experiencing it differently now than a year ago. It felt like everyone was kind of going through the same thing. And now mm-hmm. it it feels like what are the rules that has are there rules is there a rule book no we no one knows <laughs> um but um i mean i i came out relatively unscathed i um had some friends i lost along the way i think Aww. a lot of people in new york have um you know been affected in some way or another and that or they know someone who's um been affected obviously so but yeah i mean you know <laughs> We're learning. We're learning. chugging through. Uh, We're chugging exactly. Through. Did you do? Kind of the... Yeah. No. Did you do any? Um. What's it? Why digital drag. Digital drag. That's the question. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <now>. Um. <laughs> I did. I. I kind of was late to the digital drag game. Um. I. Uh. I did some like towards the end of 2020 into mm. early 2021. Um. I was fortunate enough to still have a day job. Um. Right during the pandemic. So I was able to work remotely um, ah. a bit. Um, uh, and then the second, um, the second they said people could be in a building together in June, 2020, my office was like, you're coming in two days a week. And I was like, great. Uh. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, when the, when the pandemic started, I kind of, I, I shied away from doing digital drag because I knew a lot of Queens that that was their livelihood. Mm. Um, and so I, I, at that time I didn't feel, um, I was like, why be another person vying for Mm -hmm. digital space in an RD, like when people are just trying, you know, to get some friends to log in and like tip them and you know what I mean? So like, it was a couple months until I like kind of felt like, okay, um, I'll, uh, I'll play now that it feels like the dust has kind of settled where people have sort of gotten their stride you know what I mean yeah Yeah. definitely um so that was kind of my experience um and I I kind of wish I had started a little sooner because I realized that um there is an aspect of digital drag that I really liked for my for my drag because you know a part of me is inspired by old Hollywood and whatnot and so one of the one of the videos I made towards the end of the pandemic for um for a Hollywood themed uh, digital drag um, was almost like a little mini movie. Um, so it was like, it was kind of refra- uh, recontextualizing uh, what digital drag is and really being like, well, let's like actually take what the strengths of putting something on video or film or whatever are, instead of trying to put like a bar performance on film, uh-huh. actually <laughs> like pretend like this is a little, you know, movie. Yeah. Um, so it was really cool to be able to have like nuance and a camera right on your face and you know catching catching the glint in your eye and whatnot so yes yeah. I'm <laughs> glad you enjoyed it <laughs> oh, were like, oh. I, I mean oh see acting <laughs> does that mean <laughs> I enjoyed it <laughs> <laughs> most, most queens were like oh never again I mean, let's be real it was it, it is it was another be, I, I mean it was really hard to do the work to film it um it's like, you know, when you're auditioning for something and they want you to, you to audition like ECAST or whatever, and you're yeah. like, I have to do so much work. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. um, but I am proud of like having a finished product. Um, but yeah, so. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
So going back in time, we're going to start from the beginning. So you were an army brat. You moved a lot mm-hmm. during your childhood. What was that like growing up? Um, it was okay. I, um, I was born in North Carolina and um, we moved uh, We moved by the time I was five. Uh, we started kind of moving around the Southeast and um, until I was in like later elementary school, we had moved about once a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so I think looking back, it, it seems odder than it was experiencing it mm-hmm. because I realized like a, I meet a lot of people that are like, oh, I lived in the same place for X number of years. I've lived in my childhood home until I graduated and went to go, you know, whatever. And it's like, I didn't really have that experience of like having a, a home base and like the nostalgia for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, uh. I think it definitely instilled that sort of um, nomadic, like get up and go lifestyle. And that probably is what drew me to, you know, performing in general and then moving to New York. Um, yeah. because, like very similar, I think like military life is very similar to to artist life or actor life or whatever, you know? I could see that. Fast <laughs> friends and then you like, you're like together for a period of time and then you kind of all yeah (laughs) exactly blowing the wind somewhere else (laughs) that's a really good understanding of new york life Mm -hmm. (laughs) that just like hit me like a ton of bricks you're like this is deep (laughs) (laughs) this is deep really we're we're not that far far into the podcast either (laughs) yeah it's interesting i mean it definitely is like um i mean what's been really great is that now that i've i've sort of established an independent life for myself i understand the value of long-term friendships so the people that do stick around because it's like I think it's um it's no like you know no harm to like have fast friends and then you're kind of you come into each other's lives and then you leave um in whatever you know like performance or whatever drag um but then when you it really does like uh up the value of the friendships that are um consistent or you, you can be with that person and it's as if no time had passed. I just mm-hmm. visited my best friend in LA and she yeah. moved out there 12 years ago and, or no, uh, I guess it was in like nine years ago. Um, but yeah, so, and it was as if no time had passed and Aww. yeah. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> so you came to New York 12 years ago for a summer acting conservatory mm-hmm. and then you ended up staying here. Yeah, I, I um, when I graduated college, um, I had auditioned for this. Um, I think it was called the New England Theater Conference. It was it's basically where like you can go and audition for a whole bunch of programs, and like some of them are like schools, some of them are apprenticeships, like internships, um, and you get to just do like a monologue for like a room full of people. And then if any of them took interest in you, they would call you back for something. And so um, one of the um, schools was um, Stella Adler. Yeah. Like this summer um, conservatory. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so they invited me to to do the, I think it was like a 10 week and t- like, like you basically, it's like a condensed um, semester of NYU in a summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did like, I think it was nine classes. <laughs> Wow. Um, yeah, it was it was very intense, but it was a lot of fun. Um, and because I I went to a, a Florida State, um, mm-hmm. which was you know Wait. like a. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really? 
Yeah, Go to Vartir. <laughs> yeah, I also went to Florida State. <laughs> I think I'm a little older than you. So I, 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 I don't, don't think it was. I don't think it was at the ta- same time. I mean, yeah, but like I, I don't know a lot of people in New York that. Oh like, yeah, are, yeah. So, um, do you uh, know um, Scott Fair, uh, Heidi Ho's boyfriend, fiance? I do not. Um, they went to Florida State. Um, oh, I know people in the scene. I'll introduce you if you want to go to a game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love my Florida Brit babies. I've never gone to any of those games in bars. Oh, no. Oh, oh, you met? No, God, no. Yeah, yeah, I'm too, no. Honey, <laughs> honey, I'm too flaming for that. Uh, <laughs> um, but, um, I, okay, continue, sorry. Yeah, no, so I went to Florida State, um, uh, which was great, but I, so I was in the theater department there, and then, then I also did studio art as a double major, um, but I left, I had a lot of practical experience. I did a lot of plays um, locally, some with the school of theater, some student theater. There was like also like a, com- a good community theater scene in Tallahassee. But um, but I felt like I hadn't had like a proper like acting foundation training um, because it was like a generalized BA, like kind of mm-hmm. theater studies, you know? Yeah. Um, and so Stella Adler really was like a cool, cool place to... Um, to feel like I was devoting myself to want to really immersing um, and uh, getting hands-on training and then just being in New York because I'd never been to New York. Well, no, I had been once, um, but I've never spent a significant amount of time um, here uh, back then. So uh, it just really felt cool to, I don't and I just graduated. So it kind of felt like this really open-ended, you know, possibilities. Um, and then when the summer was over, I had full intention of going back to Florida and then figuring out, you know, what I was going to do next. And then I was like, well, I've just kind of like gotten my training wheels off at the end of summer in New York. And I was like, why go back now? I'm, I have no school or anything to go to. So I sort of just like <laughs> jumped out of an airplane without a parachute in a way. Three but, bucks, yeah. two bags, one me. Exactly. <laughs> very much that. <laughs> very, very much one me. I know. It's amazing how little I came with um, to New York and how much shit I've accumulated over the time. <laughs> same. Same yeah. though. Martyr knows all about it. I um, um, well, uh, how did, um, I'm assuming you pursued acting more, but how did like mm-hmm. drag, how did you transition more to drag through that? Um, how did I transition to a woman? Let's see. (laughs) (laughs) So actually, um, there, there's always been like an element of drag to my acting. Whenever I've been, um, really successful in a role, there was always a sort of subverted, um, quality, like camp quality of what I was doing. Like I did a lot of, um, in college, I did a lot of Christopher Durang plays and I just happened to be the person cast that like enters the room and heals in a dress out of nowhere. Or like <laughs> I did this play called Beyond Therapy and they were like, oh, you're going to be wearing a robe the entire time and that's your costume. Um, and it was fully like basically a dress, you know? And like, mm. um, like I was playing this very like jilted, um, uh, dramatic um, lover of um, a male character who's who's like I kind of want to try bisexuality and date a woman and he, and like my character is it was like the it, bleh, read the play it's like Christopher <laughs> in the 80s it was commenting on like how everyone became very obsessed with like self-help and stuff in the 80s it's uh... the place called beyond therapy because that was like a big trend that happened in the 70s and 80s yeah. um but that anyway like um so mm-hmm. I was playing this like character that was like jilted and like at one point I like leave the room in a dramatic, like I'm leaving you. And I like came out, like my idea was to come out in like a headscarf and oversized sunglasses and 
uh, a suitcase. So like, it was always like that very, that image like mm-hmm. uh, pervaded my um, acting even. Um, I did, um, I don't know if you're familiar with A Midsummer Night's Dream, but there's of like course. a play within a play. Yep. I, I played Thisbe, Francis Flute twice, <laughs> once in college. <laughs> and then when I was in New York, I, I played Francis Flute again because it was just kind of, I don't know, it's, um, uh, there's an actor I really look up, a uh, playwright actor, Charles Bush. Um, ah, one of my all-time yeah, favorites. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> so that's kind of like always been like a, a um, insp- he's always been an inspiration to me and I've always sort of incorporated his style of, um, I guess, like uh, taking a, an old movie starlet and like putting it into your acting when I, whenever I got the opportunity. So I guess that's... Um, the really long-winded answer is um, that that was the sort of inspiration and I wanted to parlay it into drag outside of um, these roles that were had these kind of like uh, sort of subplot characters written into them. Like I, I very much wanted to do like theater in drag, leading ladies. Um, I, originally I was like, why not be Blanche Dubois, but let's like subvert it with queer themes and like have uh you know uh, an actor in drag like um play it straight or something you know what I mean yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. um I don't know so that was kind of the inspiration um is that I wanted to bridge those two worlds did you like go to any like clubs or anything and be like <laughs> I can do this Wait, what do you mean <laughs> <laughs> like what with, with the drag mm-hmm did I go to clubs and I was like, I can do this? Yeah. Oh, like watching it. Like yeah. I was that person yeah. in the audience. Yeah, um, yeah. We all know. <laughs> I was like, I hope yeah. that I had that idea when I walked into a club and drag. Because like, um, like what you're, the style of drag you're talking about is very much like theatrical, but like yeah. just for the age. So, and I know you do do like, you know. Right, yeah. You kind of have to, Um, you have to do the like bar scene if you, yeah, the bar you want to know who you are in, in New York Um, mm-hmm. in a way, I feel, or currently. Um, but, um, yes, I did. There was a time I was going to, so you think you can drag. I was watching it at, um, New World Stages, which was also uh, a very, one of my faves. It was, yeah. Had you ever mm-hmm. gone to that? I went to the final season. It right. was so good. Yeah, yeah. That was the, that was actually, I went to their finale in drag, like, um, kind of debuting Andy for the first time. Oh, I was definitely there. That's funny. It was the week <laughs> that, um, he who shall not be named was elected. Um, oh. I was like, fuck it, let's just do it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But um, so I I watched um, so you think you can drag? I had watched a number of like um, dra- those competitions. Um, I guess I'd seen like the last two or three seasons of it, kind of sporadically, and um, it was so- sort of starting to become where a lot it was more people were starting to do it more. Like um, it was more of a oh I don't know like I had this um I I used to think like oh if you wanted to be an actor you had to like stay over here mm-hmm. and like t- if you cross into that like arena then you're like making you know what I mean like and yeah it was a, a lot different I feel like even five years ago to like to um be a little more like everywhere but um so I would watch those and I they were just so theatrical and the competition in itself was very theatrical and I was watching people's creativity and I was like, well, what would I do if that was my theme? And like, it started to get the wheels in my head turning to being like, well, what would I do if it was 
Disney week or what would I do if it was Broadway week, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, so it definitely like watching other people um, sort of uh, exercise their muscles um, in that kind of that fostering setting um, seemed like a way to uh, do it. <laughs> yeah. And also like the performances were so high quality. I'm like, I've, yeah. I've yet to see something as good as that season. <laughs> I loved what, yeah. And I loved watching um, the people that were already established being really supportive and mm-hmm. like Paige Turner, yeah. um, watching her um, foster all of these new Queens. And then the, like the fact that I, I was always kind of a little afraid to do drag. Cause I, I, um, you know, I can be, um, everyone can be judgmental and sarcastic or whatever, but I was like, I was always afraid to do drag because um, I th- thought people, you know, you're like your worst own critic. So yeah. I always was putting my own critic into other people's um, minds, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, oh, who does she think she is? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but your yeah, inner saboteur. I I, very much mm-hmm. outer inner outer <laughs> yeah i know her well uh, yeah i was like martyr can relate <laughs> right. at me. do not perceive me oh, right. <laughs> well uh, speaking of finding um inspiration through that kind of not finding inspiration through that competition but like um seeing what you or imagining what you could do through drag with that kind of preset um i guess like how did you come to the name of Andy Sterling? Mm-hmm. So I, um, being inspired by Charles Bush, I um, did, I kept having this idea in my head that I wanted a sort of like um, gender neutral, glamorized version of my name. Mm-hmm. Um, because if I was in theater, if I wanted to do drag in theater, I kind of wanted it to be like a, a sort of stage name sounding, you know, but not be like, um, I don't know, uh, whatever, uh, a lot of dicks, you know, <laughs> like I didn't want it to be like, like <laughs> I didn't, uh, I wasn't trying to like come up with a, I was trying to, I know it's like really cerebral, I guess, but um, so part of me wishes that I did come up with something like a lot of dicks because people always ask what my drag name is when I tell them my name's Andy Starling. <laughs> oh, but, um, <laughs> that's Sometimes funny. I wish I had the like punchline, you know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But um, so that was one part of the component. And the other part was that um, when I was like, oh, I think I might want to try drag. I don't know. I don't know what I knew I would bring to the table, blah, blah, blah. I had happened upon at Netflix at the time, um, there was a documentary on Candy Darling um, ah. called Beautiful Darling. Um, and she, her story, the way that she was described um just really resonated with me and it was kind of it was as if you know I knew nothing about her before watching the documentary I probably had seen a photo of her once or twice but um when you it's one of those things when you you find something that resonates with some component of you um and you didn't realize like um I don't know how if I'm explaining this right but it's like like when you when you understand something, even though you've never like seen it or, but it's like, you just like intrinsically are like, yes, that's what I'm going for. Mm-hmm. Um, so watching like people like John Waters describe Candy Darling. Um, oh, if if people know, she was a Warhol superstar, um, transgender, beautiful, 
person um and but her whole thing was like she was this like 70s Warhol superstar but she kind of envisioned herself as like a 1930s like Hollywood starlet um and she um uh very much was entrenched in that world but she was kind of like a little like um adjacent to what was going on because she kind of she had this own vision of herself of being this like uh sort of throwback you know um and being in like the studio system and she was obsessed with Kim Novak and um yeah so so watching that documentary I was like yeah I was like well my, and my boy name is Andrew so I was like yeah Andy Andy and I liked the idea I kept like playing around with all of these sort of like ingenues at that time and I was like uh, one thing I remember I kept playing around with was um Holly Golightly from Breakfast at Tiffany's and I was like Andy Golightly I, mean, I was like thinking of all these mm-hmm. like adjacent names you know and then um when I saw that documentary I was like Candy Andy Starling Dar- you know mm-hmm. Starling and then I liked that kind of sounded like Starlet you know mm. so I don't know that's how I came up <laughs> I love it yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love, I love it a lot of long-winded it. answers for me no we love it that, that's the whole point of podcasts but um Um, yeah and I just liked that it kind of was like zippy and like uh sounded like I could hear like or I could see it like on a marquee like Andy Starling in blah 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 (laughs) so if someone went to an Andy Starling show what could they expect um they could expect uh a lot of weird monologues um <laughs> well, one of the monologues that i do i do oh i like doing spoken word a lot and i want to do more but it's it's difficult to do it in a bar setting mm-hmm. unless you're given permission kind of or like you just kind of take it by the reins but i do um i do libby may brown from waiting for guffman it's a christopher oh Guest. my god and i do the deleted scene um that's her audition for the like town pageant that they're in it's like a five minute monologue that parker posey wrote like the day of and she performs in it it's like every it's like every cliche acting it's like a it's a young woman visiting her like ill brother in the hospital and she's like talking to him on life support and like um but yeah so i'll do like stuff like that i like to do musical theater i love cabaret-esque things um but you know now I've um, like I said before, you gotta you kind of have to like play the game a little bit in the in the bar scene. So you also have to try and figure out how to meet the audience halfway. Yeah, because a lot of times in the beginning I was like, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do this mixed with this, and you're you're gonna pay attention. That's right. And, um, no, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, sometimes they do. It's really weird. It's like it's all. It's so funny to me how you can do the same material on one night and a different night, and it's like just depends on the chemistry of the audience. And some people are like fully enraptured, and some people are like it's like so weird. Um, and uh, I guess the ultimate goal is to have them enraptured at all times. <laughs> Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's, that's I guess, what you could expect to see if you came to a bar show. I do live sing from time to time and um, and uh, a lot of references to musical theater, Christopher Guest. Uh, but hopefully, eventually, when I get my cabarets off the ground, it'll be a little more elevated Ooh, from there. That'd be exciting. Mm-hmm. I've got ideas. I'd love you to do it like a Beachman show. I know that's like oh, yeah. a bigger venue, but 
definitely mm-hmm. that's the goal that was yeah. always been the goal um is uh to to form a, a sort of niche of doing uh theatrical style cabarets i think we need more of it i don't think there's enough drug artists who do that yeah mm. i think it's kind of like an um i think people are starting to come back to it it definitely i feel like it's how it started though you know oh 100 how it's yeah. totally like um <laughs> it's kind of like i don't want to say like i don't like to use the word old but, but it's like you know it's an old school sort of uh format let's say <laughs> Yeah. You know where that's ki- still alive though and thriving is in Provincetown. Yeah, and I've never yeah. been to P Town. Oh, you gotta go. Um, but everyone tells me I would love it. You would. You would trust me. Because <laughs> all the shows there are basically like cabaret. Yeah, that style. So um, before we go to break, you told us that you have a background in visual art. You were originally <laughs> majoring in set design. How has that kind of inspired you? Yeah, so I grew up. Um, uh, I I grew up always drawing um, and always artistic. So I was, it was always kind of this like ebb and flow between performance and then visual art. And again, like I'm always like I was saying before, you I always felt like I had to do one or the other, and I was like always going back and forth, you know, and never thinking like you could have it all. But um, I think it's definitely it definitely inspired Andy because. I got to, I grew up in such a like um, gendered household, you know, mm-hmm. of um, like boys don't do this, boys do this, blah, blah, blah. And um, so visually, like I was able to start to realize that I could express the things in me that were suppressed in Andrew. And I finally had like an outlet to, um, for those to live within me. Obviously they had lived in, in my like mind's eye the whole time but it's like finally I have like a kind of pen to paper so that definitely inspires that um I um so when I went to Florida State I uh I was majoring I thought I wanted to do set design because that's kind of what I was doing in in high school I was going back and forth you know acting and and then I was in this um performing performing arts high school um and I was doing uh set design there in the tech theater department and then it was just kind of like like naturally transitioned into like oh then you're gonna like that's a solid career go do like set design and theater and um and uh I just like um I don't know I I I hadn't had the the performance bug was still in me but I had um I sort of went through this period in my teens where I didn't have, I had no confidence. I was so, I mean, I've, I, you know, I still battle with self-confidence, but um, I was so like, I, I was like, I needed someone in my corner to be like, you can do this. You could, you know, to cheer me on and stuff. And I didn't have that in high school or anything. So I just kind of always started to go to where things were a little easier for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, so when I went into, um, when I went into college, I was like, well, this, everyone's telling me I'm good at this, so I'll do this. Mm-hmm. That was kind of like how it played out. And then I was just like, I don't think this is what I want to do. And then um, I, uh, but I still wanted to be in theater. And I, I was like, and I still want some sort of artistic degree. And so that was how that, um, I got out of the set design, but I double majored in both of those. Um, and then 
in New York. Um, I actually, the, iron, the very ironic thing is that for my day job, I do visuals like window displays. Oh, I didn't know <laughs> That's that. Great. That's yeah. Really cool. <laughs> so it's like, I couldn't get away from it, I guess. I mean, um, you were very fortunate you can make money off of it. Yeah. It's a very competitive field too. graphic design and yeah. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but that's how, uh, I don't know. It's just like, you just start to, at a certain, I guess at a certain point in um, life when you're like, well, I gotta make money somehow. You just start to be like, what resource, like what resources do I have? Mm -hmm. um, and you just, um, instead of trying to be like, no, I want you to see me this way. You just start to like, uh, use everything you got. Yeah, hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. Um, and I think on that note, we should take a little break. Um, and we'll talk about some accomplishments that you've done in the pageant scene in New York, <laughs> um, and also the Simpsons. Um, mm -hmm. So we'll be right back, kids. Exciting Bye. topics. Woo! Just Goodbye. <laughs> Wig, okay. And we're back. We're back. Oh my God, that was such a long break. That was the longest break we've ever had. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God, I feel so relaxed. <laughs> I, I took a nap. We had a full. Sorry, I slept through my alarm. Oh, that's fine. Honestly, <laughs> we're billing you by the hour, so it's fine. <laughs> billing. I don't know. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes, I know. Um, well, Back on the topic at hand, um, I just mm -hmm. briefly mentioned it before the break, but um, I see that you were the runner-up of two competitions. I would yes. love to get into both of them, and maybe some other competitions that I'm not aware of. But um, no, no, you were the, <laughs> um, the runner-up in the first season of Iconic at, uh -huh. I believe, Icon Astoria, and uh -huh. also the first runner-up at uh, the now defunct <laughs> <laughs> put them out of business um, i think martyr put them out of business not honestly, a lie. <laughs> that's when i first saw you martyr yes i remember we met yeah. um then yeah um row of the finale oh yeah oh my god bringing back so many <laughs> terrible memories <laughs> honestly okay i enjoyed it <laughs> as much as i hated the commute going up there mm -hmm. and oh god it's behind. so out of the way there's some behind the scenes drama that's not that bad. Um, I enjoyed my cast in that yeah. season. So I had a good time. It was a that. very good cast, by the way. Your season. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so besides. Enough but, about uh, you. This is not your me. Like, let's talk about you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what was your experiences like? Um, especially first runner up in both. Um, I know. Yeah. Like I'm New York's premier first loser. <laughs> yes. Woo! We, love a second place. we love a second yeah. place but it was like it's very on brand for me it was just considering <laughs> the women i'm inspired by it's very on brand <clears throat> my experiences mm -hmm. they were good um they i i definitely i though the biggest regret i have i don't want to say i have regrets but if i had a regret it would be that i spent way too much money mm -hmm. on iconic and I, oh. I regret because it was my first competition. Mm -hmm. So I was like really um, putting a lot of finances in it. Oh, wow. And I was like, I didn't need to do that. But the costumes, I, right? 
costume yeah I mean then like and part of it is like yeah now I have some of that drag but some of it I don't I'm just like I I didn't need to uh um I I kind of wished at the time I was a little more financially responsible because it was like it's not it wasn't drag race you know yeah um I'm not saying everyone, everyone makes that mistake you know what I mean it's not just you <laughs> but just like I think it's like you're like well I'm I'm trying to do my best work and I'm like and and I I I'm just like um in some ways a perfectionist where I'm just like oh and if well I, I might as well get it because I'm gonna you know and I do that mm-hmm. and I just like talk myself yeah. into like whatever um but it was good I think it was good for me to do those competitions because like I had said I like when we were talking before I was like you know I um I always kind of like talked myself out of things if someone wasn't rooting me on you know mm-hmm. because I wasn't rooting myself on kind of thing um and so I think it was good to put myself out there because if I didn't, I probably would not have, like, if I hadn't put myself out there for Iconic because I felt like it was a safe enough space that I could fail, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> I probably wouldn't have um, done UDP or wouldn't have put myself out there for other, you know, like, nothing, I can't think of things off the top of my head right now, but I'm sure other opportunities in drag um it gave me more confidence to um sell myself as an artist and a queen um because that that was something I struggled with a lot in drag and in acting um was kind of um selling myself you know um so that was uh the good the good of the competition very you know it's I like doing competitions because I like having that theatrical device or that context because I feel Mm -hmm. like people go to competitions to watch and listen and of course as an actor I like that I like not having to compete with like people yelling over drinks and whatnot Mm -hmm. um so in both in both um regards the competitions were successful and then I got to do numbers that felt um in line with what I want to do in drag and that I I got to tell little mini stories and whatnot um uh yeah and I met a lot of I mean most of my friends in drag to this day or I met from both of those competitions yeah I wouldn't know peaches if I hadn't done UDP and we became very close um doing that I wouldn't know Aria Derchi or Sissy Walken if mm-hmm. I hadn't done uh uh the first season of Iconic and it was kind of like what was great about doing that like first season especially is we were all kind of like the guinea pigs so uh-huh. that was great but you kind of like have a special, you know, relationship with people that are you're like figuring something out together with, you know. Um, it was a little um, because like uh, and it was in Astoria, and that's where I live. Um, the uh, West End was like because everyone kind of knew like to what to expect in UDP. Um, I did make friends, but it wasn't like as bonding as um, a totally new pageant that was like picking up. T- a lot of traction and there was it was uh garnering a really huge crowd because it was like mm. this brand new thing that Astoria hadn't had before um but yeah so both positive both obvious you know I wish I could go back in time and like <laughs> take that money back <laughs> <laughs> you could never get it back Been there, girl. but you can't take it with you right no yeah. that's true <laughs> um do you have a standout moment from both uh competitions like something that just sticks out in your mind a standout moment oh my gosh well one of them okay I'll tell a funny tale out of school 
Um, <laughs> one of the um, the iconic nights, we uh, it was me, Aria Derchi, Sissy Walken, and Sherry Poppins, and we went to a nearby diner. I think it was Sissy's birthday. We went to a nearby diner, and um, Sherry was getting out of um, out of uh, drag in the diner. And um, I think she was like changing shirts or something. So she like had her costume half down and like her chest exposed and, and whatnot. And like the the restaurant, the waiter was being really like, you can't do that here. You can't do that here. She was like, this is my work. She's like, how dare you? Everyone had a little bit to drink at that point. But, um, <laughs> but uh, and then Aria was like, the guy was like trying to calm us down. Aria was like, no, don't touch me. Don't you touch me. Like it was like... <laughs> So funny, and I had just ordered a Caesar salad. I remember that, and I was really craving the Caesar salad. And um, and uh, they were like, it, it was a you know when moments like escalate out of nowhere, and you're like, what is going on? And um, and then uh, they were like, come on, girls, we're leaving. <laughs> and, um, and then Sissy was like, Sissy had ordered pancakes, and she was like, and I hope those pancakes hit the griddle too. <laughs> and like we left. <laughs> But um, it was a very, we still talk about that night. Um, okay. And I, I've been craving a Caesar salad ever since. That's pretty unfortunate. Not at hilarious. a diner. <laughs> Not at a diner. Uh, Not at a diner. Not a Caesar salad at, at a diner. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> Give me some three-star Michelin restaurant. Yeah, girly. Her um, Caesar salad. Her Caesar salad um, that I get at, you know, Fresh and Co. and everything. Oh, <laughs> so, okay. I'm, right. I'm Upper West Side bougie, bitch. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> Anyways. So speaking of that group of people, <laughs> uh-huh. y'all ended up doing a little show called The Simpsons. <laughs> Simpsons, yeah. Yeah, the you... brainchild of Sissy and Aria. Um, ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I knew yeah. Sissy was involved with it. I didn't realize Aria was like the co-creator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sissy mm-hmm. um, produced it and then she and Aria wrote a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then um, we all kind of supplemented. So there was like a really, there was an overarching um, format that they had developed and outline, I guess. And then um, we a lot of the numbers they created together and then some some smaller numbers like um Lisa's numbers, Homer's numbers. That was Lisa was played by Pussy Willow, Homer's played by Coco Taylor. They all um created and I made my Maggie number. Um uh we would all create like come up with subplots, I guess, for the characters and create numbers and then it all kind of fit into this overarching, you know, um plot. Um, but they, a lot of it was developed by them. And then, um, yeah, we all kind of built it from, yeah, there. And it's been a huge hit. Yeah. <laughs> it was, um, like? <laughs> it was nominated for the Glam Awards right before, like, um, it was probably like three or four weeks before the world went into lockdown. Wow. Yeah. I remember but, I was there. <laughs> yeah. I was there too. I remember I had stepped out of the room and I came back and they were like, and the winner is um, Witch Perfect or whatever. The, uh, like, Tina Burner, uh, uh, Hocus Pocus yeah. uh, Cabaret. Um, mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, well, I guess at least I didn't miss us winning. <laughs> so I guess uh, I'm, I am premiere first 
loser three times. <laughs> we love consistency. Okay. we're losers too oh, we yeah, love yeah. consistency <laughs> yeah we're losers yeah, we're... yeah brand on brand no it's a lot of fun though i mean like what was great is that we had um all of the all of the shows did really well audience wise um we were brought back recently we had yeah. a show um like three weeks ago at caveat um so it was really cool and surreal to reunite up because the last time we did it the world was a very different place Mm -hmm. um and then but it was really cool to to see that it still had the same effect on the audience and we were just looking at people smile you know you could see the little smiling eyes over the masks <laughs> <laughs> i didn't even think about the mask part yeah, yeah they recommended so everyone to wear masks yeah. even though they're at cabaret tables and stuff but um but uh no that was like it was cool um uh and I, I don't know if I mentioned it before, but um, The Simpsons was like a parody of The Simpsons, but we had to, for legal reasons, call it Simpsons with a Z and no P. And, um, and it was like a queering of The Simpsons. So we took sound bites from Simpsons episodes and then we mixed them with musical theater and other kind of pop culture references and put it into a blender and um, came out with a one hour, I think Chelsea Pierce called it a fever dream. <laughs> Love. yeah are you yeah, are you guys gonna bring it back thing. um i don't know it uh it i don't know maybe i, I still need like to they. see it I, yeah, <laughs> I, <you did. laughs> yeah um i think we had sissy on um, we had sissy talk about earlier this yeah. year and i believe she mentioned well, actually, this might get me in trouble. I don't know if she said this off the record or not. Anyways, I'm gonna include it. Um, but um, a um, a Treehouse of Horror style oh. idea that was, was that was in around. talks at one point. We mm. it was it might have even been back when we had premiered Simpsons the first time because it was around Halloween. Mm. But um, I think we. At the time, I mean, I don't know if it still would happen or not, but like at the time we had just kind of kicked off The Simpsons and it got a really great response. And we were like, well, why, if we've only done this once or twice, why fuck with something good, like mm. that's getting a good response? Like, like, let's just keep like, you know, showing people. No, yeah, no, it makes sense. You know? mm -hmm. um, but I think that's uh, still a possibility. Yeah. But I know that uh, we've, we've also talked about potentially doing other um TV shows or other pop culture kind of queerings of uh, different different uh, quartets or of people, you know. You should do just like an entire like WandaVision everything. <laughs> oh, I know Coco Taylor <laughs> would love that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I really want to do a Sex in the City one. Ah, uh, that'd be good. But... <laughs> I think that Especially now fun. that it's coming back. I know, and just like yeah. that. And just like that. <laughs> I'm a sex in the city apologist. <laughs> me too. Me now. too. And I'm like, what? We all I can't think be it, perfect. Right. I think like for the time it was so groundbreaking. Yeah. And uh Carrie yeah. was the first like female anti-hero on television. It's really true. It's really true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not this. Oh, Not this. You're like, this, this is off the record. 
I'm deleting Sorry, half Jesse, this podcast. It's true. So. It's true. Like, oh, I don't know what happened. The tape got lost. The tape like, got lost, girl. The last episode. <laughs> oh my god, not this. Um, not this. Not this. <laughs> All right, we'll save it for another podcast. Kate. Yeah, we'll start our own like Sex in the City. Podcast. Oh my god. I mean, I would watch a Sex in the City drag show. I don't know if I'd watch Sex in the City. The actual show. Yeah. yeah. You've never watched Sex in the City? No, girl. Oh my god. Fun. Uh, just uh, the one with the trans sex workers. I don't even I feel, that one did that not one. age well. I feel like that was most of the A episodes. lot of them didn't <laughs> age well. Yeah. Listen, the, the one show I apologize for, actually there's two, but Ugly Betty, which also has really bad trans stuff. But they uh, cast like trans people, right? No. Oh, they didn't? Oh, nope. someone. Wait, was Rebecca Romaine a trans character? Yeah, she was a trans okay. woman. Gosh. Yes. Um, okay. And then 30 Rock. 30 Rock just straight up has blackface in it, but I don't yeah. I don't look at those episodes. <laughs> I don't watch those. Anyways, I love 30 point, Rock. I don't yeah. care that it's problematic. I'm a millennial. Oh, I don't give a shit. I, I <laughs> way too much. Um, she's, Enough she's, about us. <laughs> she's my sex in the city, girls. That's true. <laughs> Liz Lemon is. is my Carrie. <laughs> I love Liz Lemon. Oh, uh, my God. Um, well, okay. <laughs> not celebrities. <laughs> celebrities well uh, speaking of celebrities <laughs> sex, the city, sex um you recently premiered a character illusion oh, at, yeah. um another character illusion show mm-hmm. um gloria swan songs judy um mm-hmm. you premiered um a marilyn monroe a lookalike how did that how did that come to be what inspired that and how did it go <laughs> what if it, it went awful no went, oh, like, oh no I, I don't know i'm like you, you told know. us this <laughs> i had always wanted so i um i recreated with my uh long many time collaborator jason vincent we recreated the seven year itch white halter or ivory halter dress from the subway the subway dresses they call it um because i had really it was just like a look that I'd always kept coming back to. And I know it's been done like a zillion times, but I was really obsessed with like something about pandemic. I was like, no, I want to do it now. Like I, um, I was really obsessed with um, recreating it as it was on screen, as opposed to like the copy of a copy of a copy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and um, one of the, when I was back in college, one of the drag artists that I watched a lot on YouTube other than being obsessed with Charles Bush was Jimmy James, who is like the premier, like chef's kiss, primo, uh, Marilyn Monroe impersonator in the late 80s, early 90s, like to mid to late 90s, I guess. Um, But they like, Jimmy has been on, like back in the day when like they had uh, Phil Donahue had like drag queens and uh, nightlife performers on his show, Joan Rivers. Like you can go to YouTube and look at all these, um, uh clips of jimmy but like their maryland's amazing um but uh i just and like for a long time i was like oh i can never do that because like i don't really look like her but um like like jimmy like the Mm -hmm. you know looks a lot like her so but then i just started thinking i was like who gives a fuck and like if this if i relate to something in her um then i think because a lot of times they say with like people like maryland it's about like an essence you know and so if I if I kind of felt something that I wanted to to say with her, then I um, uh, I threw away like any sort of inhibition and like because the I think the pandemic made a lot of people say, well, why not you know 
like obviously we've been sitting at home like wondering what the point of everything is and so then I was like well I've always wanted to do this this look so um I will <laughs> and yeah. I want to do more um but I it's like she's like a very fascinating character to me because her story is so queer in a lot of ways and that's like a lot of um and that's a lot of uh what I relate to in drag like when I was talking about watching that Candy Darling documentary um someone like um this throwback persona but like I'm I'm really obsessed with people who like craft personas for themselves and then like the person behind the persona and um and to me like Marilyn or anyone like Candy they're all these people that um women that came from one set of circumstances and re-envisioned another set of circumstances for themselves and so I'm really uh that's like a lot of the basis of like the Andy Starling story in my mind is um is a woman that comes from quote unquote nowhere and going to somewhere um and so um Marilyn like I was saying it's like a very queer sort of idea of like um coming from adverse um adversity you know and um and uh painting on a new face um i feel like marilyn is it was like a drag queen in a way because oh, 100%. i don't know what i was watching or listening to but um i was listening to an essay about marilyn and mm-hmm. she used to refer to herself in like the third person. She yes. like, Marilyn wouldn't do that. And I'm yes, like, yes, that's yes. a queen. That's a drag queen right yeah. there. <laughs> like yes. she crafted that character. So um, yeah. yeah, so um, I find it really fascinating, um, her in general, but also um, bringing back that kind of spirit and doing a character illusion of her and like, mm-hmm. um, which you did, um, you looked gorgeous in that dress. I just Thank looked it you. up. Yeah, no, um, you look gorgeous. Um, I want to so, do more. I yeah. want to do a Maryland show. Mm-hmm. Oh, you should. Yeah. I've been researching that. her and it actually, I kind of got, um, I don't want to be like histrionic, but like I got a little depressed. Like, it's Her story is very, very depressing. Like, because I was like internalizing so much yeah. of like her, you know, what she went through and it was, um, um, it was a sad life, you know, like yeah. horrible joys, horrible but also life. like, you know, mm-hmm. she had, she, there was a lot of sadness. I yeah. went to her. Um, I went to her gravesite two weeks ago. Oh, in LA, right? I went to LA. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was the first time I'd been there. Um, yeah, yeah. I Fruit think I went there. Buried in the same, same cemetery. He wanted to be buried by her. I think. Well, oh, he he wanted to be buried, buried by her. <laughs> he wanted to be buried next to her, so he's always next to her. And then someone else, yeah, wanted to or like bought the plot above her and had his body face That's i don't know this is that... next to her oh right 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 yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um and someone was just like i want my body to be like on top of hers no it's not hugh hefner but like someone like bought oh, the plot someone yeah, someone yeah blocked... when i went hugh hefner was to the left of her mm-hmm. um yeah. she was like in the middle someone um, bought like a lot of uh spent a lot of money to buy the plot like directly above her and to uh, have his body facing her, so he's always on top of Marilyn. It's gross. It's probably an urban legend, but um, it's yeah. gross. Um, <laughs> even I even in death, she can't get a break. Um, <laughs> so, whole thing. Um, yeah, that's all. I, I can go on a Marilyn rant. Um, I I don't know her that well. Obviously, well, historically, <laughs> personally, we go way back. <laughs> I was like, who? Since when? 
I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, um, yes, she was. But like you said, she was. There was a lot of drag in her. Mm-hmm. In her, um, and it's kind of crazy because it's like she's from a time where you really like people didn't know a lot of about people personally mm-hmm. so like it's not like today where it's like it's all about reaching out to your fans and connecting yeah. and like, a peek behind the scenes like it so it was very easy to craft a persona that like they all were personas though yeah, all the actors all in hollywood and it's all like yeah the hollywood makeover story and like mm-hmm. and creating an image and then like keeping it very like um sort of uh mask oriented right but um but yeah it was kind of like but that's kind of what I'm interested about in her is how she like she kind of created her own like cage you know mm-hmm. where it was like she like developed this persona but then she was like trapped in it mm-hmm. um and I'm reading a book right now that's very interesting it's called The Girl mm-hmm. right next to me <laughs> but it's um it's about um her time in the seven year itch and um, mm-hmm. developing her own uh, Marilyn Monroe productions because she she actually, it's like about her as a businesswoman. Huh. She um, she was one of the, the women in Hollywood that um, was instrumental in breaking the studio system because she wanted um, director approval and she started turning down roles that she was assigned. <laughs> Yeah, she was also notoriously difficult to work with towards the end. <laughs> Same. I feel like um, the more I like think about it, I feel like a lot of that was by like design, you know? Good for her. She should like, be. Because uh, <laughs> male actors get away with everything. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it's like if you're not being heard in one way, you're going to make them hear you in another and be yeah. like difficult and not show up and, you know. Show up whenever you want it. Exactly. But anyway, I'll bet I digress. <laughs> <laughs> um on a completely different topic but one i'm very excited to talk about because i do the same thing um but i have here um some intel that um you collect vinyl um Mm -hmm. records um and uh, tell us what started that because i'm so curious (laughs) in college i was a very big fan of the band rilo kylie very good band very good band i love familiar not familiar you should wow (laughs) they were like it was formed by jenny lewis and blake what was his last name they were both former child actors yes Mm -hmm. um he was pinsky on salute your shorts oh my god shelly long's daughter in true beverly hills that's right um (laughs) hannah neffler uh i can't remember the daughter's name anyway so they formed this band. They they were kind of like indie indie scene darlings in the early thousands. Yep. They were um, everywhere. They were really very yeah, big on the scene. They were under a Connor Oberst label, um, and uh, they had like three or four albums. Um, and then Jenny Lewis broke out on her own, um, and she had her first solo album called Rabbit for Coat. And I, which is a great album, great album. Jenny Lewis and the Watson Twins. I highly recommend it. Yes. It's folky um a lot of very haunting uh three-part harmony but um uh, at the time like vinyl was kind of coming back it's like it was really hard to get a record player like new mm-hmm. you know yeah you know mm-hmm. and um but I remember when Jenny Lewis um released her solo album she released it on vinyl and if you pre-ordered it you got a special 
seven inch EP that was like had additional songs from something like additional Rilo Kylie songs or something. And I remember being, well, I want that EP and I want to listen to it. And so I bought a little Newmark um, portable turntable, uh, the kind that you like can plug headphones into and listen to uh, records on the go. Like if you're going to go to like a secondhand vinyl shop and like check out the, the sound quality or whatever. I think that's like what they're designed for. But um, I was just in my little dorm room with my little portable Newmark and I got these uh, little portable speakers that I set up and I started collecting vinyl because one thing about Tallahassee, I don't know if you remember this Martyr, is it's called Goodwill Country. Is it? <laughs> like seven Goodwills. Oh. Um, like it was like they had a, I, um, they had a billboard. I don't know if it was there when you were there, but it was like now entering Goodwill Country. Oh my gosh. No, <laughs> I think that, I don't think that exists anymore, unfortunately, but <laughs> I, the name stuck. The name stuck. Yeah, and it's that. when everybody was throwing out their vinyl records mm-hmm. because it was like data technology in the early mm-hmm. 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so you could go to Goodwill and like, I mean, like you can still do that, but it was a little easier to like get a, a shit ton of records um, for like 99 cents or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they had um, a record store in Tallahassee called Vinyl Fever when I was there. And that was one that was like a little more collectors like would go and, you know, they would have it all like, cataloged and stuff and you can like um go i used to go god i probably went at least once a week to see what was like in the new arrivals or whatever and i just built this like massive collection um i started getting them on ebay um that was when it was like a little harder i feel like it's easier to get a lot of stuff now i remember now i'm like Mm. looking up stuff on ebay and I'm like, God, it was so hard to get that 10 years ago. And now it's like so readily available. Like just there, yeah. I remember like auctions being like, you had to wait till the last second and try to get that like, mm. oh my God. you know, they were going for hundreds of dollars. I never was like that, like hardcore into collecting, like, cause I wanted, I was definitely more about the like quantity of records as opposed mm. to like, you know, cause I was like 22 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you still have but- most of them? I do actually like half of my collection is in Florida because I never oh, wow. moved it up to. And then I'm I, like, how did you bring it to New York? <laughs> I know, but I started collecting as I was in New York too. So I have a couple hundred um, wow. here as well. And I'm sure, and my parents like um, in like the second floor of their like guest room or whatever, you know. I think um, I have, I have about like. like one, from college. I have about like 150 here. I oh believe. my God. Yeah. Um, are you on Discogs? Yes, I That is am. the most amazing discovery <laughs> I made throughout the pandemic is you, Discogs, the website, you can catalog the records you have. Oh. Which pressing you have. Mm-hmm. Oh. You don't like, you can either like sell them, buy them, or you could, it's like for me, as you like start collecting those kind of things, you forget what you have. Yeah, yeah I mean, you get out. You're like, do I already have this one, or did I look at it last time? You know. Yeah, no, Discog is great for like buying rare stuff. Like, I have a lot of like yeah. rare records, and that's how I bought them. Ooh, what's your uh, genre? My genre. Uh, <laughs> what's your rare record? <laughs> no, I'm. In- um, I I've <laughs> talked about it on this podcast before, but you I have. Yeah, because I, uh, um, I, I, I think, well, I think I gave it the suggestion to Ducky, she uh, a boy. Um, my <laughs> favorite genre of music currently is city pop, which is Japanese 80s pop music um, in the style of like Western pop music. And it's fascinating what they do with it. Um, I love it. 
and there is a record called um, Pocket Music, which um, the artist whose name I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce because I know I will butch- butcher it. Um, yeah. But he doesn't exist on Spotify. Uh, so like all his like uh, someone graciously put his records up on YouTube. But I was like, I need to have a physical media of this because the album art is gorgeous. I'm obsessed with it. So um, I, I think I had to buy it from someone in New Zealand because that was like the only English copy that existed it was uh, like in New Zealand. Um, so um, I bought that during quarantine and it was I think it cost like $80 and that was just yeah. like for shipping and like quarantine oh, yeah. and all like all those jobs. But um, that's my favorite. <laughs> um, it's my currently favorite record that I own because right now I mostly buy like more contemporary stuff. But like um, I, most of my collection was um, I never told this story. So I'm excited. <laughs> Um, do it <laughs> um so my first record this is embarrassing but was macklemore's uh Ten Thousand hours i got it for christmas <laughs> with my record player and then i went to visit some family members that same day and they happened to have my mom's collection of records and so my collection went from one record to 120 within like four hours because they just gave me all my mom's old records so now i have a lot of like barbara streisand and uh, i think i have like all her discography up to a certain point um and then a lot of like uh broadway musicals on vinyl like i have the original pressing of like cabaret um, which skips at two ladies which i find really funny but <laughs> um so like i have a lot of like really someone really liked that song yeah um <laughs> I, I mean i think it's my favorite in the show so i'm like into it but um <laughs> and so i i just have a lot of like weird oddities like that because i used to pick up like stuff back home to just like really random finds that were like five dollars at like goodwill and such so yeah I love records. Um, I have my, I'm looking at my record player right now, but <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm glad we got to geek out about that. <laughs> well, I, I'm glad I got to geek out about it. It's the most Martyrs talked it the entire year. Oh, shut up. <laughs> I, I love music. I love collecting things. I used to collect stamps and also movie tickets, but now vinyl is my very expensive. I have too many expensive hobbies. Yeah, I'm sure you can spend hobby. it spending too much on vinyl spending too much on drag spending too much on photography love it here girl (laughs) um but there's something i mean like i know it's like so cheesy but there is something really um satisfying about like placing the needle down and like connecting with that album you know and like Mm -hmm. the warmth that comes from um, I know that's like a cliche is like people make fun of vinyl people for being like oh the warmth you know the record but it's like I don't know you feel like this like because everything's so we become so non-tactile in mm-hmm. our like everything digital and stuff but it's like it, there's something really nice about like having like I'm putting this on and like mm-hmm. I'm listening to this through you know um my I know this sounds like so pretentious and it's like the biggest thing but like it does sound different it is a different experience to have mm-hmm. listening to something on vinyl so mm-hmm. um and I'm uh my ex used to have um I don't know what the actual like term of it is but it's like a a turntable that can digitize the sounding or the of a record and I, I don't know what it's called but um and make it into like an mp3 and I've always wanted to do that with like certain music on here because I think like analog to digital. yeah because like uh like the versions you get 
on vinyl or like can almost be like completely different than studio that you listen to on Spotify, like the experience. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, my favorite thing too, is when I listen to something, um, on record that I've heard before compressed in like MP3 or whatever, Mm -hmm. but there's like something in the background. Like I have a lot of jazz records and like a lot of times I'll, I'll hear something in the background that I never heard before. Um, because it's so much more like textured there's like mm. yeah layers in the sound and like oh my god i never like noticed that bass there or whatever you know uh, i love records but, yeah. <laughs> there's um, a lot of good um peanuts comics uh with little record things have you, have mm-hmm. you seen those? Like, i haven't seen those before but um i i'm trying to think i had a disney record that had like a mask in it and i thought that was fun <laughs> um and then um what was the other weird one i had um oh there's this company um, <laughs> kate's face <laughs> i know okay Kate, caitlin's like bored out of her mind right now um, <laughs> you can see me not talking like, this during this funny. segment um, uh, there's a company in the uk that like um he makes i think you just need a quarter but you can turn a, a like birthday cards or like christmas cards into your own portable little like record player and like it plays like happy birthday or merry christmas to you um and i befriended him and he's a sweetheart (laughs) but um okay enough about (laughs) records um did you have any final thoughts before we end this very nerdy segment of records no we're going on the next topic (laughs) i was asking andy (laughs) caitlin oh Oh, no we're we're moving on because you have a deadline We only have one more topic for this segment, so yeah. So from from a topic you're obsessed about to a topic that I'm obsessed about, <laughs> <laughs> because someone has never seen this movie, but <laughs> um. So you said you love The Wizard of Oz, and that is also my favorite film. <laughs> oh yes, I love The Wizard of Oz. I'm interested in what it would be like for someone, um an adult to watch it for the first time well subject a <laughs> is right over here in our is like if you've never seen it i'm like interested because it's like i think part of the obsession comes from it being like a my very childhood. significant impact on my childhood you know yeah. um, um like yeah I, i've rewatched it obviously um i can't even count how many oh times yeah no have you seen it but it's like i have different opinions about it as an adult than when i was a child ah. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched it recently. Oh, I I full on went into nostalgia during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I was like, I think I was like, I am grabbing onto everything that is oh, yeah. comfortable no. to me and like mm-hmm. familiar and like makes me feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. So I definitely um definitely watched it once or twice in the last year. What's like your favorite part? Like oh um favorite part. I love um I love the scene going into Oz yeah I think like okay so one thing I've noticed as an adult and I've come to terms with and I've always kind of felt this is I feel like it has a really boring third act like <laughs> up, until, up until it gets to the conclu- like the resolution mm-hmm. the witch and everything mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the scenes in Emerald City oh yeah mm-hmm. um and um so that but I mean, like the iconography of the the scene from her coming out of her her uh, house into yeah. and then like the appearance of the ruby slippers and just like the colors of like 
the witch is green and Glinda's pink and the red mm-hmm. against the, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like visually like orgasmic. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, when you get older, you learn about like how it's made and like, mm-hmm. there's just some, so many crazy stories. Like they had basically that. four directors on it. Right. Like, yeah, it went through so many different hands. And uh, then like so many horrible things happened on set too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I learned like, not like probably a year or so ago about all the awful things that happened to margaret hamilton oh yeah she got burned about yeah and they were like feverishly wiping off the makeup because it was copper based yeah if we didn't get it off you it would have eaten through your skin yep same thing that happened with the tin man as well yeah the first the first tin man not the second yeah the first one um replaced so here's my thing about the Wizard of Oz. Um, I, I'm sure I've talked about this on the podcast. It's nothing bad. It's more of a, um, it's so parody or like mm-hmm. used and parodied that I basically feel like I have seen the film already. Like I've it's seen, not the same. It's not the same. And <laughs> I've, I've read the book. I've seen Wicked. Okay. I've watched The Wiz. I'm None of those sure. are anything like the I'm movie. I'm pretty though. sure I saw <laughs> The Muppets or Sesame Street in Oz or whatever the fuck it's called. You saw the one with Ashanti. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. So I have. I think I, I saw that. Everything about Oz I know about. Except wow, you've seen the movie. so much. And you want to hear the gag? Is I've never seen Wicked. I was going to ask if what you thought that is a Wicked. gag. <laughs> that is a gag, right? Yeah. I, I plan to. Like I've. Been, you should. It's back. Yeah, I know. Um, it's funny because I knew about the book before they wrote the the musical because my half sister was like, oh, I'm reading this book you would really like. It's called Wicked, The Life and Times of the Wicked Witch of the West. Um, And so I like, um, it was in my like, you know. Periphery. Yeah, periphery um, in the late 90s, early 2000s. But I, for some reason, was just like, yeah, I'll see it someday. (laughs) Like, it's been- Well, the book has like almost nothing to do with the show. Yeah. The book is super dark. It's very (laughs) adult-themed. Um, and then the show they kind of like stripped the show all is that. very like riffing on it, them it's you know steven schwartz so it's gonna be like much even though there's i guess some dark elements but it's not really not compared yeah. to the book <laughs> um but yeah that's an interesting point martyr I, I get what you mean though about like i think there are, uh, are certain things in pop culture that i've like never seen but i'm like oh but i've seen it like referenced so often that i kind of get the gist um and I mean, as a Florida kid, I'm sure maybe you had this similar experience, but going to Disney MGM Studios and riding the Great Movie Ride. Oh my God. It's basically going through the movie. movie. Is it still there? Because I'm going there. Oh, it's gone. They lost their license for MGM. Uh, Um, So now it's Hollywood Studios. Or like MGM was trying to be like, pay us money to remove it. Like, well, I don't think MGM exists yeah. anymore, does it? I yeah, it does. Oh, it like, does. Like yeah. owned by some other, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but I still remember. Um, I was five when I we we were living in North Carolina at the time, and we drove down to Disney for the first time, and like we um we were doing the like where you could camp out in their like mm-hmm. campgrounds or whatever. We had yeah. a pop uh, pop up trailer tent, whatever. Um, and I still remember rounding the corner into munchkin land and this was like the height of my obsession like it was like probably with it's like one of my earliest memories of because you know like when you're four or five that's when you like start to have like actual memories attached to you know 
speech and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I just remember rounding the corner of Munchkinland and my little, my little five-year-old self was like, I, I could have died right then, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it was very special. Yes. Yeah. Love. I yes. love that ride. I miss it dearly. No, it was so good. Uh, yeah. Did you ever go on it? Did you ever go to, to, uh, Disney World, Kate? I, well, I've done Disney World, but I've never done Hollywood Studios, so we're going in January, oh, so I can finally do it. But I, I did go... The, the Tower of Terror isn't in... Because I went to um California Adventure, and they already changed it to the Guardians of the Galaxy one, yeah. but that was really good. But I, I'm excited to try the OG Tower of Terror. Yeah, the OG yeah. Tower of Terror. She's good. Yeah. Great ABC Family movie, also. <laughs> with Steve Gutenberg and Kirsten Dunst. I love that movie. I used to watch it every yeah, I love the Tower of Terror. I love um is in Rock and Roller Coaster. Yeah, in, that's uh... there, which I've never done. Oh, so good. Probably closing soon. Not gonna oh, lie. I better watch it. I better go to it soon. I love that one and I love is Test Track there or is it an Epcot? No, that's in Epcot. Epcot. Yeah. That one I've done. Um they now have a Minnie and Mickey ride though. That's supposed to be really uh-huh. Uh, Runaway Railway. Runaway, yeah, that. I'm a Disney kid at heart. I'm like a yeah. closet get Disney gay. I don't want to like. Oh, I know. I'm I know. Not, too, I know too much about. I Disney am World. an open Disney gay. I'm. I know too much about Disney World at this point that I'm like I can't get it out of my head. So like I just mm-hmm. ignore, absorb the knowledge and I'm like I guess I know this for so, no reason. <laughs> I haven't been to Disney World in like 15 years. Oh wow! Be, I think the last time it was like 2006. But I've been like five times. Yeah. I haven't been back in Florida since I moved here. So it's uh, yeah. going on five years. Mm. So I, I wanted to go for the 50th this year, but yeah. um, I'm kind of glad I did it. Oh my God. I remember the 25th. <laughs> oh my God. I had the glasses from um, McDonald's. So that they were, was. They were commemorative glasses and they, they made Cinderella's castle a cake. Mm hmm. Oh, I was one. <laughs> I was one. Me too. <laughs> no. Um, Wait, uh, the 25th was in 96. 96. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh. And on that, um, we're old. No, um, I think we should take another little break um, and do our little wrap up. Um, we'll be right back. Bye. Wig. Okay. Okay. We should finish the show. We should finish the show. Let's do it. Um, and we're back, kids. We actually we're had back. a break this time. We had a break for real. <laughs> we had a little off the record chat. And you'll yeah, never know. you'll I'm re- never know. I'm releasing the tapes. Yeah, <laughs> releasing the. <laughs> releasing the tapes, girlies. Um, so, um, I, this is Caitlin's question. But I can I ask it. I no, can ask it. No, I always. Ask I, it. I, you can ask it, but I do want to add to it, so you can okay. you can start with it. Miss Andy. Yes, Miss Martyr. Um, do you think your will be on Drag Race? Or like Dragula or any sort of oh like God. drag show. Imagine me on Dragula. <laughs> yes. I feel like you I, could I do, watch. you could just like, <laughs> oh you know. <laughs> at this point, I feel like Dragula is pretty open and who they let like, you know, like different styles of drag. Yeah, so you could do it. List, to be honest, uh, <laughs> I would not they be like that to though. challenges. Oh, no. <laughs> I, they would just be coming towards me and I'd like flinch. And they're like, what? We're just miking you. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
same though um drag race i've thought about you know like i it's kind of like i feel like everyone fantasizes about it right right like oh what would i do like it's just mm-hmm. like when i was watching so you think you can drag you kind of like put yourself in the place of the contestants and wonder um the honest answer is i don't know like I, i've i've thought about it i've i've not thought about it <laughs> i've mm-hmm. um a lot of, for a long time I was like oh that's not really the path I, I see for myself because you know you basically become part of the brand and like you go you go on all of these tours with the brand that's uh, true. the franchise but um I can under but I under I've gotten to a point in my own drag where I understand why someone wants to go on it to um push forward in their career or their drag like I now get with how competitive it is in Mm. New York and how easy it is to sort of like fall into the fray of like where you um don't feel like you're doing your drag enough or like you don't have a big enough audience base or whatever like I Mm -hmm. I understand um the the want and like the the hope that comes from it so now my answer is uh who knows to be continued (laughs) ever here for it i'm not yeah it's like i wouldn't i don't know i'm like yeah i don't know we love a tbd question yeah you know (laughs) before it was very like oh no yeah but now i'm like i don't know maybe why not (laughs) do you have any future projects to promote coming up any future projects i really i do hope to to get those um the shows that i kind of like talked about hoping to develop but none are none are written yet <laughs> so you gotta I'm, write your own project yeah, exactly. mm-hmm. i'm uh hey one of my favorite milton burl quotes is or my only quote that i like from milton burl is um when opportunity doesn't knock build a door 100 so, mm-hmm. yeah um mm-hmm. so uh hopefully i'll be able to follow up with you and let you know but otherwise i'm just i'm guesting i'm doing a lot of drag brunches uh, Ooh, where uh, tomorrow I'll be at, um, hold on, I gotta look, I'm with Glamidia Clap on the Upper East Side, ah. at a tavern, I think it's called, um, for Painted for Filth Drag Brunch, let's see, Glamidia. and then, um, yeah, last week I did Jacqueline Hyde's at, uh, Haswell Greens, mm-hmm. Cornerstone Tavern, oh. 961, 2nd Avenue. Ah, oh, that's close to performed. me. Yeah, yeah, come if you want to go. <laughs> I'll be at work, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm doing, um, I'm really excited on um, Wednesday. I get to uh, host a new hotel opening in Chelsea Ooh. called The Moor. So I'm very excited oh, about that. Fancy. 20-something. Um, um, but uh, I used to do, excuse me, <laughs> I used to do drag bingo at... Um, uh, hotel, another hotel in Chelsea that um, the manager of this hotel used to manage, and then COVID happened, so no more drag bingo on their their bar. There, I was so sad when that you know Aww. that was like the first time, um, the first thing that was like, oh shit, when they were like, oh we're canceling this month's you know thing, and um, but yeah, so luckily he rem- it was a relationship that he remembered me and offered me this to host this um this uh, big hotel opening. So I'm very excited. So I'll be there on Wednesday doing that. I hope you get like sure. free stays for life or something. I know. <laughs> I'm on the books. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
And then maybe, uh, who knows, maybe that treehouse of horror will come. That'd be cool. In this, um, we'll get Sissy walking on the phone. Yeah, well, we'll call her I'll, after this. I'll dial, mm-hmm. I'll dial her on right now. Yeah. <laughs> We've got her on the, on the other one. <laughs> right. <laughs> What's the best advice you've been given about drag? Ooh, that I've been given about drag? Yeah. Um, nobody cares. <laughs> Honestly, she's uh, not wrong <laughs> the best advice uh is that like anything that you th- are you know because i've um i've always been like oh what are they thinking about this or this or you know like getting up like oh my, my makeup this or whatever and mm-hmm. then um my uh friend told me that nobody cares everybody's worried about themselves and just have fun and that applies to life too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like anything you're thinking about yourself everybody else is thinking like too busy worrying about themselves so just like throw it away and like yeah because I used to I used to get really like um um in my own head about like oh I'm I'm really hot and I'm like I don't want my makeup to sweat off and this (laughs) and that and then um actually the person that told me that was my sister Aria Derchi and she was like Andy everyone's hot we're all hot we're all (laughs) all that you know what I mean like yeah like nobody cares (laughs) yeah yeah um so uh, that was like the thing. And that when I started to be like, yeah, you're right. Like, who cares? Um, I had a lot more fun. Good. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. I think it is too. Because otherwise it's just sad. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, right. It's just like, oh, you're cross-dressing and you're like unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I always say. Because I know a lot of people get very stressed out about their drag. I'm like, if you're not having fun. Yeah. don't do it there's like, a lot of drag queens like you don't need to be one if it's not making you happy don't no, look at me that's the one like really <laughs> negative thing that um like drag race and stuff has done is that it's made everyone so freaked out about being red and like mm-hmm. criticized that we've all forgotten to have fun yeah doing this to bring joy to other people you know it's like that's the one thing it's like um I listened to something with uh, like an interview with Lady Bunny where she was talking about like watching drag and she's like, well, they're always just like talking about doing drag or like critiquing doing drag. And she's like, when are they just going to do drag on the show? It's true. It's true. Made everyone like this, like hyper-focused about all the little details. And it's like, let's all like. Yeah. Be in the moment. Yeah. Be in the moment. See, collect vinyl. (laughs) Put put a needle to the record. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Miss Andy, can you give us a um, dramatic retelling of one of your craziest, most insane nightlife stories? Something that happened in drag or nightlife, something juicy, something gossipy, something groundbreaking, never been done before. Um, bus, another club, another bus. <laughs> okay, what do you got for us? <laughs> do you want? You want some dirt? Yeah. I want some dirt. Mm-hmm. You can censor their names. If we, you have we'll to we'll names. also censor the names if you use any names. Yeah. You want me to spill some tea? Yes, yeah. girl. I love mess. <laughs> okay, this is a story that doesn't get hurt anyone. Okay. Um, I will tell a story about the time these crazy Trumpers were escorted out of um UDP by Peaches. Oh, oh my god. god. I was Go off. My number. Oh, it was Pop Princess Week, and I was performing my number, and then getting, um, and they were they were like really drunk. This like table for like tourists in the front row, uh, 
and um they i guess they were at an earlier show and just somehow stay uh, ended up staying for um udp like by some like pants mm-hmm. um and they were just very like visibly intoxicated and like really i mean there were great audience members and the fact that they were like going along with the performer on the journey almost like distractingly because like the one woman in the the very front was like emoting at every point and like making faces like being like oh oh." like just really having like an experience watching the drag and then when I was getting critiqued by the special guest that week was Holly Fox Springs Mm -hmm. um, with Marty and um and they were like giving very constructive criticism I can't even remember what they were saying but like it was like it was any literally could have been like anything constructive drag wise um and then the the table of people started booing judges <laughs> um and i was like no no like um i i was like these are professional drag like drag artists in new york i'm gonna listen to their their feedback like that this is you know this is why we're all here um and they got very they thought they were like standing up for me <laughs> oh they're trying to defend you like being like it, it was almost like an american idol Oh. a singer and then the audience is like no like and it's like no no that's why we're here um I can't really remember the leap that it went to get to how we knew they were maybe one of them was wearing a MAGA hat or something uh. um or had some sort of but they were being very they got it went from that to like hostile and and Marty had to get up and kind of like scold them you know a little bit like be like this is like what we're doing this is the audience this is like um, and then at a certain point, they were so visibly drunk that like Peaches like played bodyguard in full drag, like about to do their number and like got out of their seat and did the thing that like security guards do where they're like are waving their hand. Like, oh. on. And then like, like, it, and then the audience applauding as these like four like um, <laughs> people were escorted from the vicinity. i like that one this is definitely a different story i like it (laughs) yeah i kind of blocked out what they like how we got to i know i knew that they i something in the context was that they were like tourists and like right wingers they were being very i i remember it got very condescending where they were like hey can't we put our differences aside kind of thing like they were Uh... it was like that you know like very like um, live and let live. Like mm-hmm. we're just here to have fun. Like so, we're gonna tell you how you should feel in your safe space, and like we're here how- to have a good time. Like it's not that big of a deal, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was a big deal, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I um, was so um, turned on by Peaches uh, playing bodyguard. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> removing the people from the vicinity and I, i'm sure there was like light applause <laughs> like, yeah um it was like when patty lapone kicked that photographer out of gypsy oh who can forget <laughs> but that, uh, that was my story that was my uh very um very sanitary story love so where do you want to take your dragon to the future 
I definitely want to take it into theatrical spaces. I want to do, um, I want to do devised theater where it's immersive and it feels, um, I, I have a lot of ideas to do like plays within plays kind of feeling where you, you, the audience are a part of an environment that I create as if you're watching like a, a singer, a drag chanteuse on stage or whatever. Um, but so I have, I have ideas to take it into a more theatrical cabaret space. I'm excited to see that. Me too. Honestly, it's going to be. So, yeah, um, maybe you can produce it. Ooh. Ooh. I got you there, girl. Let me know. We can Us talk. finding money? Um, <laughs> I know some sugar daddies in the city. Okay. Yeah, we can work that Upper East Side crowd. Yes. Um, well, I just wanted to say um, thank you so much for coming thank on you. our little show. We really appreciate you and um, you. spending some time with us. Um, where can the kids find you on socials? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at the T-H-E Andy, A-N-D-Y Starling, S-T-A-R-L-I-N-G. Um, I'm also, I, I have the same handle on Twitter that I don't really use, but you can follow me if you want. Um, I Twitter's a weird place. Um, yeah. I, I'm I'm really into TikTok lately. So Ooh. at the same handle, the Andy Starling. Um, I don't really. I mean, people try to friend me on Facebook, and I'm like, that's cool. But I feel like Facebook is a little more personal. So mm. I would rather I would rather have the likes and follows on Instagram. <laughs> but um, wouldn't find me. Oh, and I'm on Venmo. Ooh. Tip Andy. T- plug plug plug, girl. Tip Andy. Love. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, thank you again, babe, for Yay. coming on a little shit show. Thank um, you. It's been a it pleasure. A it was good to get to know you better, too. My little vinyl <laughs> moment. Oh, God. Hey, Florida. Oh, my God. Right. Not the Florida. I try to forget. <laughs> yeah. I don't um, <laughs> Well, I was Martyr. I was C. Tipper. And this was. Um, it still went out. <laughs> you know, as usual. Um, as usual. Bye, kids. Bye. Bye. I'm C. Tepper. You can follow me on Instagram at C-T-E-P-P-E-R and read my book, The State of Drag, where I interviewed 175 drag queens from around the world. All proceeds go to charity on Amazon.com. Ooh, I love that. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at DragTheMartyr. And if you have any thoughts, comments, dick pics, send them to DragTheMartyr at gmail.com. Listen, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Pandora. And catch up with past episodes on Work.com. That's W-E-R-R-R-K.com. Artwork for Wigging Out was provided by Glitter Baby Online. That's Glitter Baby Online. Thank you.